so we're just going to wait for that to happen. It all says a little bit slow. Hello, everyone. My name is Max McGillivray from Beanstalk Global. We'll do the formal introductions um, shortly when uh, we've got uh, the, the proper OK to go. Uh, but thank you for joining the TANS uh, webinar broadcast on navigating the road to net zero. Um, and I think all of our social media lights are now live. This is good news. Uh, we put some money in the slot today. Everyone, could you turn off your, your videos and I'll bring you back in, in, in a minute. And let's see who's the last one to turn. We're all off. Hello, everyone. My name is Max McGillivray from Beanstalk Global. It's a pleasure to have you on today for what is going to be a very important webinar broadcast. And what's the title of, uh, of today's uh, broadcast? It's TAN's webinar, Navigating the Road to Net Zero, The Whys and Hows. We're live on LinkedIn, YouTube, X, um, and also Facebook. And we'll also have this on a podcast because we want to get this message out to many people as possible. We're Beanstalk Global. We're a media platform that works with key organizations in the UK and internationally to promote key messaging about key subjects of the day. Navigating the road to net zero, the whys and hows. Are you ready to embark on a transformational journey that can help reshape the growth of your business or charity in a way that's going to ensure a more sustainable world for our children and our grandchildren? If the answer to your question is a resounding yes, then we invite you to join with us on our first Net Zero webinar on the TANS West North Hans project. This is your opportunity to be part of something extraordinary. This project is more than... A project. It is a mission launched in partnership with West Northants Council in September 2023 and funded by the prestigious UK Shared Prosperity Fund. This two year project is set to put the commercial activities of local, small, and medium sized enterprises and charities on a more sustainable footing and on the path to accelerated growth. On this first broadcast, we will provide crucial information and knowledge and insight into how you can attain net zero and secure a more sustainable and profitable future for your own organization. You'll take away key understandings on how the project is well positioned to, to transform your commercial operations, making them eco-friendly and more efficient so as to realize the financial benefits of sustainability. And our agenda for our one-hour uh, webinar broadcast today is going to be very straightforward. I'm going to bring in our key panellists in a minute to uh, be introduced to you. We're then going to have a presentation from Ebenezer for about 10, 15 minutes to really um, lay down the, the, the subject matter of um, um, of this uh, of this project. And then we're going to turn it over to yourself. We want to hear from you. You've got a number of key experts on this broadcast today, and they're here to answer your, your questions. We've already got some uh, questions already in, but we want to have your, your input. The more input that we can get from you, the better. And I, as I always say with these type of webinars and broadcasts, for this to be a success, I'm keen for you all to leave knowing five things that you did not know before that are going to benefit you and your business and your organization for the long term by being associated with this uh, uh, TANS web, web, webinar and, uh, and broadcast. So let's get all of our panelists in and get them introduced. So can any, everyone come in and turn on your video and your, um, um, and your microphones, please? So, Martin, let's start with yourself, please. Who are you and who are you representing? Hi, I'm Martin Wilson. I'm the Sustainability of West Northampton Council, and um, we're partners with the university on this project. Thank you, Martin. And why is this important to you, uh, to, to yourself personally, and also to um, to, to, to the organisation that you're representing? Why? Uh, well, in terms of the organisation representing the council, the council set a target for the whole of West Northamptonshire to be net zero by 2045. Um, 
Council realises they can't do that on their own and taking businesses along on that journey is really important. And that's the, what we hope to achieve with this project. project. Excellent. And, and as well as having, uh, let's call it government support from yourself, Martin, what we need is educational support. Amin, who are you and who are you representing, please? Um, hi, hi, Max. Uh, hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Amin Hossein Yonfar, and uh, I'm a professor of systems thinking at the University of Northampton. And Amin, why are you involved? What's your involvement with today, please, and the project? Well, uh, thank you for that question, Max. As, as mentioned by Martin, we are partnered with the West Northamptonshire Council um, to support uh, businesses, uh, uh, a number of businesses within the region, first of all, to raise awareness, uh, to help them to calculate the, uh, and, and measure uh, the CO2 of their business, and of course, help them to set targets and, 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 and come up with action plans that can, you know, uh, help them to um, move towards, uh, you know, carbon neutrality. Excellent, Ben. Thank you. And, and again, that's why I'm so pleased that we've got this impressive lineup of experts for you all to learn from. That if we've got the likes of uh, Martin with the with, with the, the, the council understanding, the likes of Ben with the educational understanding, it's going to be very beneficial for all of us. Dilshad, do you agree? And who are you, please? Who are you representing? I'm Dilsha Sawa, Associate Professor at the University of Northampton, and I'm representing the university today. Um, I'm uh, very much engaged with this um, uh, project, and um, I, I think it's it's just um, so important um, to do research, to, to make a difference, um, and, and I think that this is what we're doing together with um, the link with um, the council. Thank you. Well uh, well, well done, Dilshad. I think you and I have said this before, that one thing that you and I have learned over the last three years of doing very similar broadcasts is, is uh, collaboration. Um, if, if, any, if we've learned one thing over the last two, three years of uh, or try, desperately trying to avoid the word the pandemic, that the more that we work together, the more that we can make, make a success and turn perceived negatives into far-reaching positives. Simon, would you agree? And who are you and who are you representing, please? Yes, I absolutely agree, Max. Um, so yeah, thanks very much. My name is uh, Simon Derrick. I'm head of sustainability at a local company called Blue Skies. Um, we make fresh uh, cut fruits, um, but I'm also founder of an organization called the Sustainable Business Alliance and looking to support this fantastic project um, based on all the experience and skills that I've developed with, with, with Blue Skies to help um you know, local businesses uh, to um you know, to 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 venture down the road to net zero Thank you, Simon. And I just have to pull you up on, on uh, one thing. Um, everyone, uh, Blue Skies and, and Simon are a very modest business. Uh, they do so much good in the UK and uh, internationally. They have sites in, uh, help me, Simon, Brazil, Ghana, Benin, Egypt, South Africa, and uh, back in the UK. And, and they, the way that they operate within the fresh produce sectors is, is one to behold. Uh, they, 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 in effect, created social enterprises before social enterprises uh, be, became a thing. So if you want to find out and, and track a business that's doing good in the UK and internationally, just have a look at uh, Blue Skies Fresh Fresh Produce. Um, and uh, uh, over to uh, Dr. Uber. Who are you and who are you representing, please, sir? Hi, uh, hi, Max, and uh, very, very excited to be here. Uh, my name is uh, Chidioke Oba, and I'm a senior lecturer at the uh, University of Northampton with expertise in uh, environmental psychology and uh, small business um, and, and sustainability. So that's why, yeah. And why are you excited 
why, why do you why do you think we need to have that uh, shout about this have this sort of platform and educate everyone that's uh, that that that's dialed in i'm just looking at the numbers we've got over a thousand people now dialed in on the likes of zoom and um, and linkedin and the other platforms um dr uber why, why do we need to get this message out why um, first off, I mean, I'm, I'm excited. If you recall, just before we started, you know, we talked about how um, discussions around net zero um, specifically is now mainstream. Um, um, the, the, the era or age of climate skepticism is gone. So, so that is exciting in the sense that there is this recognition that collectively we, we have to do something because collectively we are responsible to have uh, uh, a, a clean and uh, a safe planet, not just for ourselves, but, but for future generations. So, so having this initiative get to this point where we've made so much uh, progress and success in terms of what you see now, we are talking about this, but beyond talking, we are going to go into action. And that's largely what we're going to discuss today. And that is so exciting. Well done. I love your smile when you say that, that we're, we're going to go into action. So everyone dialed in. Remember, we want you to, to go away having learned a minimum of five things from this broadcast today. So last but not least, let's turn over to Ebenezer because Ebenezer is uh, going to introduce himself. And he's also going to run through a presentation that's going to put uh, more. Um, what, what's the expression, Ebenezer? More meat on the bone. Ebenezer, who are you and who are you representing, please? Yeah, thanks, Max. And uh, hello to everyone on the call. Uh, my name is Dr. Ebenezer Lai. I'm an associate professor at the University of Northampton. Um, I also uh, chair the Sustainability Local Innovation Partnership Agenda Hub, or SLIPA, um, which uh, is, is, is working directly with the council um, uh, to deliver this project. SLIPA sits within the University of Northampton, and myself, together with all my colleagues, uh, are working on, on this project um, uh, within SLIPA as a hub. Uh, and of course, that hub sits within the much larger um, uh, 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 sort of research infrastructure within a, a research center that we have at the University for Sustainable uh, uh, Business uh, uh, Practices. Uh, and what we're looking to do with this uh, particular project is, as my colleagues have said, uh, to provide uh, research and knowledge exchange support uh, to help uh, businesses and charities um, uh, to uh, decarbonize uh, and, and to make progress on, on the road to net zero. And it's really exciting to be here Max with you and, and with, with colleagues and with everybody uh, on the call uh, and uh, everybody watching on social media as well to talk about this very important subject of uh, net zero. Okay, and just to drive this home, why is this important, please, Ebenezer? Why, why have we all got to partake in this and, and, and look to create this difference? Why? Well, and, and a number of reasons which can be summed up, you know, I think, uh, and, and encapsulated in, in a simple uh, fact that uh, we, we've reached a point in human history where we cannot continue as we are uh, when it comes to our commercial activities. Uh, you know, the, the, the fact of the matter is that uh, uh, we need to do more uh, to, to put our commercial uh, activities in a much more sustainable footing uh, in order to ensure that we can continue those activities into the future. Um, if we do not, uh, then we're going to be in a situation where uh, a lot of the commercial activities that we undertake today just will not be viable anymore in the future. And so it's it, 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 it's really a, a, a sharp contrast uh, uh, in terms of choices, in, in my view. Uh, we, we've got to do something, we've got to do something now. Um, and I, I think that really sums up why this is, uh, you know, so uh, uh, very important. Yeah. 
Ebenezer, well done. So Ebenezer, uh, just before we um, move over to your uh, presentation, there's uh, looking at the, the dials, we've got some 1500 people uh, dialed in now, um, especially for those of, of you on Zoom, we'd, we'd love you to participate. As you listen to um, Ebenezer's uh, presentation, if you have questions of our panel, um, whether, whether it is it's just um, very simple questions or, or complex matters that you'd like to discuss. Let's have your questions in so that we can pose them to our experts so that we can all learn, all learn um, from, from all of us, whether that be uh, the, the panel experts or those all um, dialed in on, on the likes of Zoom and the other social media. Um, Ebenezer, would you like to commence your screen sharing? I'm just going to do a bit of housekeeping. Can everyone turn off the videos and also turn off the uh, mics? And I'll call you back in. Um, as and uh, when we get to that point of time. And Ebony's all, all over to you, and we can see your screen successfully. Excellent. Thanks, Max. Um, uh, and uh, yes, so uh, what I, I, I want to, to run through today is a, a series of slides. Um, uh, hopefully, and, and definitely, I'm hoping that I won't be deaf by PowerPoint. Um, but just to, to set the stall for our, our discussion uh, uh, today around net zero, particularly um, what navigating the road to net zero entails. And, and, and this presentation will focus on why and how. So the whys and the hows. Why is it important and, and, and how do you do it in a nutshell? And I think as I'm going through this presentation, you'll begin to see a snapshot um, a bird's eye view of what the TANS West North Hans project is about and what we're trying to achieve working, of course, in partnership with the council, um, uh, you know, with, with funding from uh, the UK Shared Prosperity Fund. So just to talk through um, uh, uh, sort of the, uh, you know, the bits of, of, of the content, we start off with uh, uh, an explanation of, 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 of what uh, Net Zero is. Um, and then looking at the, um, uh, the, the, the timeline of the UK's uh, 2050 net zero target. Um, uh, and then obviously looking, uh, coming from there, we'll, we'll look at why net zero is important uh, in terms of uh, uh, the climate angle and then also the business angle. And then finally, just uh, the final slide will be to, or series of slides, I should say, would be to talk about um, how uh, you navigate your way, so the how. Um, uh, and, and obviously that will then round off the discussion and, and, and we can sort of go into a, you know, a, a, you know, a Q&A session. Uh, so moving on into net zero, what is net zero? Um, in a lot of circles, a lot of people think that net zero means uh, zero carbon emissions. Uh, and, 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 and that's not what, uh, uh, you know, it, it means in effect. Of course, the goal is to get to zero carbon emissions. So, um, uh, you know, in an ideal world, we would be reaching for a point where uh, we're not emitting any carbon at all. Now, some might say that that's not possible, uh, whilst um, others who are fairly optimistic might say that it is possible. Um, but nevertheless, when, regardless of which side of the, of the fence you're on, in, in a discussion of that nature, the idea is to get to uh, uh, sort of uh, uh, zero carbon emissions, uh, but, you know, to get on the journey there. Now, net, what net zero means is effectively that you have to have a balance uh, between the greenhouse gases that you emit and the amount that is removed from the atmosphere, right? Um, uh, so uh, greenhouse gases are removed from the atmosphere through uh, a process that is often referred to as offsetting. So this is the idea of compensating for emissions that occur 
elsewhere. Um, uh, and, and, and so uh, what people might do uh, as, uh, as part of their offsetting plans is that they might, uh, for instance, uh, plant trees or they might invest in carbon capture technology where they would capture some carbon out of the atmosphere. Of course, carbon capture technology is very expensive. Um, uh, there aren't uh, a whole lot of uh, businesses that can do that. So usually you would find uh, uh, most SMEs um, uh, obviously investing a lot in tree planting or um, uh, undertaking projects such as uh, uh, you know, plastic waste collection, for instance, as a way of uh, taking carbon uh, out of the atmosphere in order to try and achieve uh, uh, that balance. So that's what offsetting is. Now, in order for uh, net zero to be effective, it has to be permanent. And, and what that means is that um, the focus has to be on reducing carbon emissions. Uh, and that's important because if you've got an approach to net zero that is not based or focused squarely on reducing carbon emissions over time uh, and, and persisting in that reduction, then what, what you end up with is a situation where as, as a business or as an organization, you are emitting uh, a, a lot of carbon and you continue doing that. And then you, you might say that, well, it doesn't matter because we're off, you know, offsetting that carbon in, in this or that way. Um, and, and that's not effective. Um, uh, and, and, and frankly, it isn't uh, uh, you know, net zero because the whole objective of net zero is to bring carbon emissions down so that you reduce the, the emissions that you, you can reduce and you offset the ones that you can't. Um, uh, uh, and, and that has to be, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, the approach. Right, so, so moving on to talk about the, uh, the UK government's uh, 2050 net zero target timeline. Of course, this was uh, of, um, uh, you know, this became a, a huge uh, a subject matter within, within the news uh, recently. Um, we all recall the, the announcement, some of the announcements from the government um, a few months ago uh, around some net zero targets, not the 2050 target specifically, but some other targets related to the 2050 uh, uh, target. Um, and, and so this is an, an important thing, uh, you, know, for, uh, you know, for the UK government. And just to talk you through a timeline of how uh, the UK government reached this uh, particular target. And, and, and whilst doing that, of course, um, I'll make reference as well to um, uh, West North Ants Council's own target of 2045, uh, uh, also as I do this. So the journey started really in 2008 when the UK passed the uh, uh, Climate Change Act. So this was a piece of legislation that committed the UK to reducing its greenhouse gases emissions by 80% by 2050, right, compared to 1990 levels. So the, the original target was 80%, not 100% um, uh, of, of greenhouse gas emissions to reduce them by 80% by 20, 2050 compared to uh, uh, 1990 levels, right? Fast forward then comes uh, December 2015. Uh, December 2015 in the sort of uh, uh, the net zero uh, uh, calendar or timeline, uh, for any country is an important uh, uh, sort of uh, point because uh, it, it was in that month uh, in 2015 um, when uh, the um, uh, Paris Agreement was uh, adopted uh, during COP21 um, at the UN Climate Change Conference in, 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 in Paris. 
And of course, this was an international uh, agreement um, that set out very, very clearly that the aim was to limit global warming, ideally uh, to a 1.5 degrees Celsius threshold um, compared to pre-industrial levels. Uh, and the idea, of course, um, uh, at the time, as it is now, is that if we're able to keep it at 1.5, then we would, as a, a global community, avoid the harshest effects of, of, of climate change. And, and recently, we've seen uh, studies that have come out to say that we're, we're, we're sort of in danger of, of going beyond that 1.5 uh, threshold. So moving on from 2015, uh, came the another landmark moment in October uh, 2018, when um, uh, the UK's Intergovernment uh, Panel on Climate Change, the IPCC, uh, published a report saying uh, global emissions um, uh, uh, need to reach net zero by around 2050 in order for that 1.5 degrees Celsius threshold that had been set in the Paris Agreement to be achievable, right? Uh, and, and, and so, of course, uh, that was a reinforcement of what the UK government has set out to do originally in November 2008 by passing the uh, UK uh, 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 Climate Act. And then in May 2019, what happened was that the UK government um, uh, uh, asked the Climate Change Committee, what is often referred to as the CCC, um, to make a recommendation uh, uh, on how uh, the UK, together with uh, the devolved nations um, to, to make a recommendation as to how they could achieve their long-term targets for greenhouse gas uh, emissions. And the CCC recommended um, that uh, the UK should aim for uh, net zero emissions um, uh, uh, by 2050, um, uh, and, and it should go to 100%, not just the 80% that had been set out in the uh, uh, UK uh, 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 Climate Change Act in, in 2008. And then it made some further recommendations around the devolved administrations. So for instance, that Scotland should implement a net zero date of 2045 um, uh, uh, as a reflection of uh, you know, uh, uh, the overall plans for the UK. And it made similar recommendations um, for uh, Wales as well as for England. And, and so you, you would find that for the most part, a lot of local uh, authorities um, uh, uh, in England and Wales and in Scotland have their own sort of uh, net zero targets within that 20, 2035, 2040, 2045 region. Um, uh, and, and so, of course, that's, that, that's the link there. And then fast forward to uh, the, uh, the furthest point in the timeline that I have on this slide, June 2019. Um, uh, in that month uh, of 2019, the UK government signed into law um, the new net zero target that had been recommended by the CCC um, in May of that year. Uh, and that's the target is to reduce emissions by 100% from 1990 levels by 2050. And this replaced the original target that was set at the beginning of this timeline in November 2008 um, uh, uh, from within the UK uh, Climate Change Act uh, of, of reducing um, uh, global uh, uh, gas emissions by only uh, 80%. Uh, so just this gives a, you know, a sense, uh, a summary of a, a better eye view of um, uh, where this target came from and also the fundamental uh, 
uh, basis for it. Um, and, and, and this explanation is important because it helps to demonstrate to commercial actors um, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the need for uh, obviously taking action when it comes to net zero and to progressing uh, uh, you know, on, on a journey to net zero in a, in, in a serious and, uh, 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 you know, sort of a, uh, you know, a, a very um, focused way. Um, so moving on from there, just to talk about uh, why net zero is important, um, looking at the climate angle, so that sort of the, uh, the you know, the, the climate reasons, and I'm not going to spend too much time on this uh, part of the uh, presentation, but it's just to set out um, uh, what uh, the picture is at the moment in terms of um, where we are uh, uh, with uh, uh, our environment globally. Um, so this is uh, a, a heat map from the NASA Earth Observatory, and it's a heat map of global temperatures um, from 1930 to 1934. And you can see at the bottom of the map, um, uh, there is a temperature anomaly scale, um, uh, which essentially uh, allows you to identify areas where there have been changes in temperature compared to previous years. So for instance, the, the redder the, uh, the patch on the map, that tells you um, that there's been sort of, uh, uh, you know, uh, a temperature anomaly or an increase in, in, in temperatures um, for the, uh, the period 1930 to 1934 in that part of the world that is greater than what existed in previous years. And so this is the 1930-34 picture, and then this is the 1980-1984 picture. And again, you can see that it's, 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 it's getting uh, uh, hotter. Um, 2000 to 2004, much hotter than the two uh, uh, previous heat maps that I just showed. Um, uh, and you can see that the, the, air, the, the areas of the map where you can see the, the red tinge um, uh, is, is getting deeper. That tells you that there is a greater temperature uh, anomaly uh, in those areas. This is the global heat map from 2010 to 2014. Um, uh, this is uh, obviously of, of notable difference to the previous heat maps, particularly because you can see a concentration of um, uh, 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 heat and, and, and greater uh, uh, temperatures. So, so in terms of the temperature anomaly, um, concentrated in the northern uh, uh, hemisphere, particularly the, in, in the North Pole. And that, that's significant because obviously that uh, uh, results in uh, the melting of uh, uh, sea ice, um, uh, the rising of uh, uh, sea temperatures, but also a, a, a sort of a destabilization or a gradual destabilization of the North Atlantic current, um, uh, which has all sorts of uh, implications for um, uh, uh, weather in the Northern Hemisphere, um, but also in other parts of the world. Um, uh, and, 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 and that has implications as well in, in, in terms of uh, exacerbating um, uh, uh, and, 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 and consistently producing bouts of extreme weather. Um, and then this is the heat map from uh, 2015 to 2019, uh, which is even sort of hotter. And you can see that concentration uh, uh, sort of in that area, uh, uh, in, in, in the Northern Hemisphere, uh, particularly the North Pole. Um, uh, and uh, you, you, you can see that, of, of course, it's getting hotter. 
Um, and then this is the, the map for 2021. And when you put all of those maps together, this is what you, you essentially get. You can see a gradual sort of warming um, uh, over the years from 1930 up until 2021. Um, uh, and, and you can see that for each of these heat maps, the uh, temperature anomalies uh, are, are much higher than the previous uh, uh, sort of um, uh, years um, uh, that uh, uh, you're seeing. Um, and so this warming trend is undeniable, right? It's accelerated. Uh, and of course, it's exacerbated by our commercial activities. This, this does not represent um, a normal climatic warming process as we have seen uh, in other parts of, of, of the Earth's history. Um, uh, uh, this, is, this is something different. Uh, and, 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 and it's obvious and it's clear that um, uh, commercial activities are driving this, um, uh, this warming. So what about, uh, obviously, the, the last uh, slide I have on this, or the last heat map that I have on this slide is uh, for 2021. What about the current year that we're in? Well, this is the heat map for 2023, um, which is, uh, uh, of course, um, striking, extremely striking, right? Uh, uh, because it's, it's much, much, much warmer than uh, all the heat maps uh, that uh, you, you, you've seen me show uh, so far. And on the right, you can see uh, the graph um, that sets out uh, the uh, the warming trend, right? All the way dating back to the 1880s, all the way to 2023, uh, the current year where we're in. Um, and, and so you can see that there is a constant uptick. It's, it's going higher and higher um, uh, and, and it's getting warmer and warmer, right? Uh, 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 the, the the NASA Earth Observatory has come out to say that uh, July of this year was the was the hottest um, month uh, uh, in terms of uh, global temperatures since records began. Um, uh, uh, and September 2023 was also the warmest September on 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 record uh, as well. So this trajectory is unsustainable, and from simply from from a climate angle, we can't keep going like this. So we've got to do something, um, uh, you know, to put commercial activities on a much more uh, uh, sustainable uh, uh, footing. And then coming off from the uh, sort of the climate reasons, we, you've got the business angle or the business reasons. Uh, 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 and uh, uh, net zero is important because it makes business sense. Um, it's about growth and it's about ad adaptation and it's about helping businesses to uh, situate themselves uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, properly to grow into the future. Um, uh, we, we, if, if you're running a business, of course, you want to make sure that your business uh, is is there for the long term, right? And 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 you can even have that business, uh, you know, grow to be a second, a third, a fourth, a fifth generation uh, a, a business. Uh, but of course, uh, you know, climate change threatens all of that, um, and 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 so net zero is important from the business angle because it makes business sense. And also, it provides growth, and that's the important thing. There are commercial benefits, there are community leadership benefits, there are competitive benefits uh, in terms of competitive advantage, and there are supply chain uh, benefits. So, from the commercial benefits, I think these are all straightforward, right? You can make a lot of cost savings if your business uh, is doing well when it comes to net zero, uh, because you use less energy um, uh, and, and your processes are much more efficient. So that's cost savings. You have an enhanced reputation as well. People respect you. Because uh, your 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 
uh, uh, you know, business that is committed to net zero and doing well when it comes to net zero. Um, uh, and, and, and that's good uh, for you in, in that business space. And of course, um, uh, there are uh, uh, resources um, and bits of collaborations that are open to you um, uh, if, if, if you're a business that is or an organization or a charity that is on the path uh, uh, towards net zero and doing well on that path. There's also the community uh, leadership aspect, right? Uh, you've got a positive community impact. People in the community respond to organizations, businesses and charities that are doing well in net zero because they understand that these businesses and charities are doing their part in helping to preserve uh, uh, the ecological uh, environment to ensure that it is there to support the livelihoods of not just those of us who are obviously alive now, but our, our, you know, our, our children, our grandchildren and their children after them. And also there's local recognition and trust, right? Uh, local people trust local businesses that are doing well when it comes to net zero uh, and reducing carbon uh, emissions. And, and, and the names of those businesses are names that stick in the mind because of course, in the time that we live in today, everybody cares about uh, the environment and making sure that we're doing the right thing and, 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 and that we're getting on to ensure uh, that future generations uh, can look back on what we have done and, 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 and they can say that we did not let them down. Uh, and so because everybody cares about this, any business or any charity that is doing well on net zero has that recognition and trust. And of course, there's that aspect, of course, of, of, of strengthening local partnerships as well. There's also the competitive advantage uh, in, in the sense that businesses and charities that are doing well in net zero attract investment. They also attract innovation. Uh, uh, you know, as as uh, uh, you know, as well. Then there's also the supply chain uh, uh, benefits. Um, uh, so, for instance, new business opportunities. Um, uh, you know, tend to come to businesses that uh, are serious with net zero and are, are making progress on it. And there's research that actually supports that. Uh, then there's also risk mitigation, right? Climate change and environmental issues such as extreme weather events, they can disrupt supply chains, as we've seen. By transitioning to more sustainable practices, uh, your businesses and your charities become more resilient to these disruptions. Um, and, and I give you an example. Uh, you know, I, I recently had a chat with a, a local business um, uh, you know, that uh, obviously shared a few details about how they were able to avoid or, you know, much of the very high energy prices that uh, the, the country had suffered recently and is still suffering uh, because they made the transition to uh, much more sustainable sources of energy uh, in the sense of solar paneling, et cetera, et cetera. So that's just an example there. And then there's obviously also supplier resilience, uh, a commitment to the zero can encourage suppliers to adopt more sustainable practices. And so when your suppliers adopt more sustainable practices, that makes them more resilient and dependable, uh, dependable partners for you, um, uh, which means because they, of course they are much more, uh, they're much less likely, I should say, to face disruptions from external shocks that could impact your supply chain. And then finally, green partnerships, right? Uh, a commitment to net zero allows you to collaborate with like-minded partners, um, uh, such as those in, in logistics, for instance, who share your net zero goals. And this, these partnerships uh, can often result, as we've seen in many, many cases, um, in shared innovations, sharing of best practices to enhance uh, you know, your supply chain resilience. So as I said before, when you put all this together, net zero makes business sense. Uh, and the days where uh, it, it was the, the, the held view that sustainability was too expensive um, and, and, and didn't make sense in terms of the bottom line, um, you know, I, 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 I say that those days are, 
uh, you know, uh, you know, are long gone uh, because net zero equals growth in your business, growth in your charity, uh, and, and, and it's the right thing to do commercially. And to top it all off, um, uh, this is just a Venn diagram just to explain that uh, net zero, of course, puts your business and your charity um, uh, to uh, put it in the position to ensure that it is able, um, uh, you know, to, to meet all of the increasing requirements for emissions disclosure and net zero commitments from regulators, investors, and uh, supply chain partners. Um, and, and so with a good commitment to net zero and, 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 and real action around net zero, you're able to be in that red area shaded in here where you're able to sort of meet all these uh, requirements, which are becoming more ubiquitous as the years go on and as um, extreme weather events continue. Um, this is the last slide, uh, you, you'll be happy to know. So we've talked about the, the, the whys, why is it important, we've talked about the house as well, and navigating your way, right? Uh, this, this, you know, this is the how. how. How do you navigate your, your way to net zero? Number one, you set up a, a net zero policy that is smart, right? Uh, specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and timed as well, uh, uh, which is important. Um, number two, understanding the basics on carbon emissions, the scopes. So uh, 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 there, there, there are three scopes uh, uh, when it comes to carbon emissions, scope one, scope two, scope three. So scope one are your direct emissions um, uh, from things like the vehicles that you use as a business or as a charity. Scope two are your indirect emissions. Um, from purchased energy, so um, your electricity, uh, your gas, your heating, etc. And then, of course, scope three are any other indirect emissions uh, that occur in your value chain that you do not uh, necessarily uh, uh, control um, or own. So these are processed products, outsourced activities, your business trips, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, waste management, water use, etc. Um, uh, and of course, this program will 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 touch on 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 those as well. Um, then you've got to collect relevant uh, emissions and waste data, uh, which uh, TANS will help you with. You've got to adopt innovative tools to analyze that data. So as part of this TANS project, we're developing uh, an open source carbon calculator to help you to do that. You've got to develop a clear action plan. We'll be running workshops uh, around action planning. You've then got to transition to green technologies and processes. And as part of this uh, uh, project, uh, uh, you know, there may be the opportunity uh, uh, for funding sources to be opened up uh, to support businesses to transition to, um, uh, you know, to, uh, to green technologies, whether it is solar paneling or whether it is um, uh, other technologies um, uh, on a much smaller scale, such as changing, uh, uh, you know, light bulbs around the office and, and, and things like that, or, 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 or engaging more uh, sustainable water systems. Um, uh, and and, and, and uh, that funding, uh, of course, we're looking to uh, uh, to the future for, for it to be unlocked. But of course, um, uh, being part of, of this project puts you in a position to be eligible uh, for that um, uh, as and when it comes. And then uh, adopt, finally, a good uh, sustainability reporting uh, uh, practice or practices. Uh, and of course, uh, there'll be support provided on this project for that as well. Uh, and, and so when you put all of these together, this is what the TANS project is about. We've got the expertise. We've got the resources to be able to help you to do all of these things and to navigate your way, uh, you know, to net zero, to achieve the how. Um, and so, uh, you know, let TANS help you uh, uh, with all of the above. Uh, and with that, I'll, I'll hand back over to Max for uh, any questions and uh, for the rest of the conversation. Ebenezer, well done. 
very well done. I'm just looking at some of the key points and some of the messaging I've already had had um, in Ebenezer that um, I, I think when we see the warming trends maps, and we've all seen it, but we need to see it on an ongoing basis, especially the 2023 map, to, to realise how frightening it is. But can, can I say this? There's always a positive from a, from a perceived negative. If we can all join with you and, and learn from this project, the, the, the likes of the new business opportunities, the green partnerships, uh, as you state, net zero makes uh, business business sense. Uh, but you, you've got to be in it to to be part of it. Um, everyone, do you want to just uh, on, on my panel? Do you want to just, just turn on your video and um, um, microphones, please? Um, just had one uh, question in whilst you were talking that. Uh, the, uh, one of the people died in is very keen to see if there's a record of this broadcast so that they can share um, Ebenezer's um, presentation to the rest of their team. Yes is the answer. Uh, you can go onto any of the social media. If you're on uh, Zoom, contact us on the contact details and we'll send you a record so that you can share it within uh, around the rest of the team. Um, so we don't have um, a lot of time. So we're going to make this quick pace. And again, if you've got any questions, please send them in on uh, on Zoom on, or on social media. But we've already had some questions in. I mean, let's start with you. You. key objective of the town's north hans net zero pro, uh, program uh, amin what are the key objectives please um yeah thanks uh, uh max and, and thank you beniza for uh, that presentation i think the key objectives were uh, were to some extent summarized within within the presentation but uh, in a nutshell what what we're trying to do we're trying to help businesses in the west northamptonshire region uh, to be aware of net zero to help them to uh, measure the current emissions, and of course, help them with action planning and um, uh, trying, as Ebenezer uh, articulated earlier, uh, to uh, set smart objectives, uh, uh, very specific time-bound and measurable objectives in relation to uh, reducing the carbon emissions and, of course, you know, uh, in, in the journey towards uh, net zero. Excellent. I mean, well done. Thank you. Um, Simon, um how can, let, we need some base details here. How can businesses enroll on the program? And what are the benefits? What are the benefits of businesses and charities by engaging with the program? Please, Simon. So, yeah, I believe you can enroll on the uh, Slipper uh, website. Um, and there are many benefits um, of uh, in, enrolling and getting involved. Firstly, is that support um, uh, and, and, and help and assistance terms of being able to measure your baseline emissions. Um, I know different organizations are at different stages of their journey, but for many, you know, this this might be as called well the first venture into actually you know, how do you go about measuring your emissions and uh, and and we'll help you uh, to do that. Um, and then building action plans around that um, as well. So understanding you know, where are the hotspots, where are the opportunities um, to reduce uh, your emissions, um, and of course, you know, we can help you as, uh, as Armin said, to to, to develop um, action plans um, that um, you know, that that can that are achievable, that are smart goals, um, uh, uh, to to be able to, um, to 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 make progress and demonstrate progress uh, on that journey to 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 net to net zero. And of course, there are many benefits as. Ebenezer alluded to, obviously, not just the sort of the, the, the technical requirements and the ability to demonstrate progress towards net zero, but all of the benefits to your business, whether it be obviously aligning to um, the um, upcoming um, mandatory requirements, whether that be sort of legal um, requirements or requirements within your supply chain, uh, but also looking at um, reputational opportunities. 
But you no, know, the the big one is um, where there are opportunities to gain efficiencies to reduce costs, um, whether that be in reducing energy consumption um, uh, 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 and, and other areas like that. Um, you know, reducing your 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 your, your waste, um, reducing your use of water um, can certainly obviously help your bottom line for your organisation, as well as obviously demonstrating progress to net zero. Simon, thank you. Duration? Duration of the programme? You want to jump in? 18 months. So oh, it, Martin, it thank you. Go on. Finishes in uh, um, end of March 2025. Okay. And and Martin, whilst we've got you, got you on, key features of the programme, level of commitment, financial implications. Do you want to just give us the elevator pitch for it? Uh, well, the first commitment is time. We need people, uh, businesses who are prepared to commit for that for the duration of the project. Um, in terms of cost, we're trying to keep that to a minimum. The university are developing a carbon calculation tool, which will be available free to anyone who joins the program, along with their advice, which will be available free to everybody who joins the program. So really all we're asking of businesses to um, put aside some time that they, and that's why we started with webinars to, to break people into the idea of of joining these sessions, put aside some time to join us on this program, and we can help you as much as we possibly can um, to achieve a quantifiable reduction in emissions. Excellent, well done, Martin. Um, and um, just um, um, this is, uh, everyone, there's some really interesting questions already coming coming in. There's some quite specific ones that might uh, actually take some of the panel to just answer them directly. So, panel, if you could just have a look at those those questions to see if you can help with uh, with any any of those, that'd be um, much appreciated. Um, engagement with the initiative. Um, how, how can we how can we um, present this so it's going to positively contribute to the local community and and broader and broader society? Dilshad, what's your view on that? How can how can we use this to to benefit the local community? Dilshad, I think it's uh, thank you, Matt. Um, I think it's really um, important to look at the the um, aspects of um, working with the local community to ensure there's um, uh, progress in in developing a, a cleaner environment. Um, there's potential um, health benefits. Um, uh, looking at community resilience with the with the work that we're doing, embracing sustainability measures, um, and in 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 essence, working on um, ensuring that we we're working together with the council and, and local businesses um, for renewable energy sources and and energy efficiency, um, creating more of an effective infrastructure um, that enhances the resilience of community and the environment challenges that we we were experiencing. Well done. So in, in effect, we just got to participate um, and, and everyone can from, can benefit from that. Is, that. is that correct? Yes. Excellent. OK, and um, a really interesting question just just in on WhatsApp. Will participating charities and businesses have the opportunity to collaborate? We were talking earlier about collaboration, how it's so key. Will participating charities and businesses have the opportunity to collaborate or network with other organisations in the programme? Martin, over to you, please. Yes, they will. Um... Part of, uh, just move this out of the way so I can see myself. Uh, yeah, one of the um, uh, aims of the uh, of the project is that although businesses will work individually on their own emissions, we want to give them the macro picture so that they can see what they can achieve together. So it might be that a number of businesses achieve small reductions by themselves, but when you put that together and look at it as a total reduction across all the businesses which engage with the project, 
you'll see that they can have a much bigger impact on the emissions from West North Hants. Yeah, well done, Martin. And, and Martin, just to segue that in, had a really interesting comment in, and I've got my particular view, view on it, but someone has stated that, although I'm already trying to reduce my business carbon, one of Ebenezer's slides mentioned saving money, but my experience has been in, increased costs. Martin, what's your take on that? And my, my, my view is, is that we're just at, at the part, start of the, the, the journey. And if you look at technology, when it first comes in, it's, it's expensive. But then as the, uh, let's call it the niggles are ironed out, the price rapidly drops. And we've already seen that with the lights of solar panels on a commercial basis. But Martin, what's your view, please? Uh, I mean, an example I always use is LED light bulb changes. So people can change to do something as simple as change to LED light bulbs which will be a small outlay initially, but you'll save on um, electricity. Or if you decide to go paperless or reduce the amount of paper you use in an office, you're buying less paper. So a lot of these um, uh, changes that we're asking businesses to make or suggesting that businesses can make could be small, uh, but would it but would result in a cost saving as well? Yeah, well done. And we've, we've all got to, we've got to be, Martin, we've all got to be hand in hand with this. We've got to drive the societal change. We've got, there will be some niggles. There will be some speed bumps, but you can see ultimately how it's going to work. I always use, Martin, the, 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 the uh, electric car example that uh, when I go to uh, large motorway um, service stations, you can see the, the I think they call them tombstones of a Tesla uh, park, car parking charging points. And six months ago, there was uh, lots of uh, research showing that there weren't enough of them, but they're coming now, they're coming on stream. Ebenezer, a specific question for you. Um, carbon calculated, um, uh, the, the, the your calculator, how does it differ from other available similar products? Will participating organizations retain access to, to the calculator? There's a number of different systems out there. What, why, it's a direct question, Ebenezer, why should we use this one? Yeah, thanks, Max. So uh, the, the thing about carbon calculators is, uh, you, you know, you'll find on the market that they're really expensive. Um, and, and, and so it's, you know, they're, they're outside of the reach of a lot of uh, SMEs. Um, and, and charities. So what we want to do is to uh, develop something that, as we said, is open source. So it will be available, it will be accessible, as Martin said, free. Um, and in addition to that, it, it we, we want to make sure that it is bespoke and tailored to the needs of the businesses in the project. Um, and, and, and so at some point uh, in the development of the calculator, what we will be doing is we'll be sending out um, uh, you know, uh, some surveys um, uh, to collect some bits of data that will help us to better fine tune it um, so that it is specific to the needs of, of, of the businesses in the project, which is, which is why it's so important um, uh, uh, to be part of the project because uh, of, co of, of course, being part of the project allows us to get that information from you so that we can make sure that we're, we're putting something uh, to you that is, is going to be uh, effective and, and helpful um, and yes, that, that, that's that's that. So so those are the two key things that I would highlight, um, uh, which uh, you know I think would, would mean that our, our our calculator will be very uh, supportive and helpful of, of, of businesses. Everybody's well done. And there's a great question in from James James Locke. Will the goal of the businesses and charities eventually have a rating similar to that of EPCs and potentially be used to provide information to the public? Um, yes, so we could get there in the end, um, uh, but I think uh, you know that, that that sort of further down the line, um, and and uh, at this point, I think it's worth me mentioning this. I was going to mention it later on, but uh, of course, what we will do is to provide for all of the businesses and charities that 
um, uh, take part in this project um, to provide some uh, acknowledgement of their participation in the form of a certificate uh, uh, afterwards, um, uh, which of course will be supported by SLIPA, by the university, by the council, uh, and our delivery partners uh, such as SBA, um, uh, etc. Um, and, and so that could be, uh, uh, you know, uh, obviously the start or the basis of of, of, of that sort of thing. And, and of course, that will be uh, uh, publicly shareable, um, if I should use that word. Yeah, well, I, I, again, well, Dan, it, it feels like we're we're on the start of a journey, but everyone everyone wants to be on the same the same journey to success. And uh, uh, Dr. Uber, I'm, I'm not ignoring you. Um, I, I, I was really keen to get your take on on this, in what ways can organizations use their participation in the program to communicate communicate a commitment to sustainability to customers, investors, and or other stakeholders? There's a, there's a huge marketing opportunity, as uh, as um, Ebenezer alluded to in his uh, his presentation, that net zero makes business sense. But but how how what advice can we give to everyone dialed in, either live or the record, as to how they can use this? That leverage this to to the uh, business success to get more business. What's your take, please? Um, yeah, thanks, Max. Um, that, there there are so many there are so many ways uh, that businesses could um, leverage on on this um, um, to the advantage. Um, I think uh, first off, it's important to to note uh, that businesses in um, let's say councils like West Northamptonshire you know, if you look at uh, small businesses, particularly, they are very much embedded in their local communities. And, and, and what that means is that what they do, um, 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 uh, their, their customers, their key stakeholders are very, very uh, likely uh, to see what they do. And, and, and in that sense, for, for small businesses who are tuned into this course, um, they don't necessarily need to do so much of an advertising because the level of embeddedness means that the people around them see what they are doing. They know, for example, that they are trying to be sustainable. They know that they are in it uh, uh, for a good cause. That, that, that's one way of doing it. That, that's one way of looking at it. Um, and, and not to forget, you know, um, um, one of the questions that you that was previously addressed, you know, talked about ratings. Uh, and so for, for other stakeholders, let's say down the supply chain. I know this happens a lot in countries where there are that there are mandatory EPRs, for example. And so what you see is that um, um, suppliers, for example, might want to choose and work with companies that have those sort of ratings or that, that have demonstrated they are doing something in terms of sustainability. And history is telling us that more of that is going to happen. So with net zero, we, we, we necessarily will see a lot more regulation requiring businesses to, to demonstrate what they are doing. Projects like this get businesses very, very equipped because they understand what it is, they demonstrate that they are doing it. And don't forget, we talked about, you know, helping businesses to report what they are doing. So it puts the business, again, from when Ebenezer talked about the business angle, puts a business there, in terms of being uh, visible, what they do, uh, ready, and it also opens up doors, like I said, uh, with school, with uh, potential suppliers and, 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 um, uh, and uh, a wide range of stakeholders. And it depends on the, what the business does in terms of their activities, for example. You know, research has shown that with uh, 
with what businesses can do with sustainability, they can necessarily open up, you know, alternative uh, 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 um, streams, or they can diversify because they are thinking sustainably. There is a high level, not just benefits, but what they can get back because of how they demonstrate what they are doing. Well, well done. A, a great, great retort talk to the question. Uh, Martin, you, you stole one of the, the, the questions as if it's OK. I'd, I'd love you just, just to highlight it. Uh, one of the, uh, the viewers just asked about funding and uh, second round of funding. Uh, Martin, do you want to just uh, allude us to the, the, the funding protocol and, and um, how, how many chances that there, there, there might be so we could be educated on that, please? Yes, yeah, so we've used um, a portion of uh, UK SPF, UK Shared Prosperity Funding to set up this project. The council is just going out to procure um, for a second uh, sort of tranche of that funding. When that funding's, um, when a delivery partner's found for that funding, part of it will be used to provide uh, match funding grants. Um, the details are on the council's website. I don't have them to hand at the moment. Um, but we're expecting um, that to be uh, awarded sort of just before Christmas and then that project to start after Christmas. It's important to note that the two projects are going to be um, working together. They're not competitive anyway, and that being involved in this project is a good start towards um, accessing those grant funding opportunities. Excellent. Well done. And, and Martin, the, the, the obvious question, on the basis that this is going to be a success for you all, because it is going to be, you can, you can just see it with the with the sort, sort of questions that we've got in and um, our panel of experts. Martin, what do you see the future of the programme? And um, panellists, I'm going to ask, ask a number of you as well. But Martin, what's your view? What's the future of the programme, please? What happens at the end of the project? Uh, well, we've actually been discussing what the legacy be might be. But um, I mean, the ideal, as far as I'm concerned, is that we could find more funding and keep this going um into the future um 2045 is is not that far away and there's still a lot of action for, for those across west north banks to take if we're going to meet that target of net zero by 2045 so for me the legacy would be that businesses that become involved talk to other businesses and keep the momentum going but also that we might be able to find other funding and, and keep similar projects or the same sort of project rolling for other businesses that come online in the future yeah, it's uh, and and some of the work that we've already done with 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 you, some of the businesses, and if it's okay to mention, we've mentioned it in the green room. The likes of Aston Martin, a, a business all all very uh, close to you, um, uh, locality wise. They the key to their their business strategy is all about sustainability. So if you've got a business like Aston Martin and, and looking at what they do, that they want to create this change uh, by driving society, uh, sustainability and, and net zero. So we've got to follow their example. Ebenezer, what's your take on what uh, uh, Martin's just? alluded to uh what's what's your what's your desire what's the future of the program as you see it please yeah thanks uh max and i think martin is absolutely right i think uh from my my my, my viewpoint it is uh to continue to work um as as, as we progress towards uh, 2045 and then obviously to 2050 uh, but i think at the end of this project um uh, we would be expecting to uh, be in a position where we supported businesses and we can see quantifiable emissions reductions uh, after they've obviously taken the steps from their action plan. Uh, and uh, I, I say to all businesses on the call, and I say to everyone, we're here, the resources are there, the support is there. Uh, we, 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 we often talk a lot about um, what we want to do around sustainability, et cetera. Now is the time, now is our opportunity. Um, uh, and it, it, just, it just requires us to come together, to commit some time to this project and to walk the talk. 
um, uh, and, you know, and, and, and to do the things that we need to do to make sure that we're good passing on an environment to our children and grandchildren um, that is better uh, than what we inherited. And I think that for me, that's the main goal. Excellent. I'm, I'm going to drive this 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 point home as we wrap up this uh, uh, this broadcast. We're going to slightly over, overrun, but I think it's important. Just one uh, housekeeping point. Martin, could you circulate the website details after the webinar of where we can find this on the council site? Martin, feel free to send that to me on email and I'll make sure it's on all of the, the records. Um, Simon, what's your view? What do you see the future of this uh, of this programme? Yeah, thanks, Max. Um, well, I see, I see this as the, you know, the, just the start, really. I think it's, um, I think it'll be a catalyst for um, more, um, more support that can be available for local organisations, um, more tools um, and data as well. I think that's 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 quite crucial as well. You know, as we, yeah, as we we seek to you know, develop our understanding of what our impact. Uh, impacts are as organizations you know, across the across the the planet um we need to be doing more to engage with other organizations um and the only way we can do that um is by being transparent being aware of the impact that our suppliers are having um as well as all the you know products and services that we are obviously purchasing um as as organizations to be able to understand you know what impact we're having and how we can reduce it. So yeah, it's just the start of um, hopefully a lot more support that can uh, help uh, organizations uh, to progress towards net zero, an exciting journey. Exciting indeed. Dilshad, what's your view please? How, what do you see the future of the program being? I think I think it's continuous evolution, Max, and, and looking at, um, uh, you know, growing um in terms of what we're, we, we've started with so um and and exchanging that knowledge and 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 expertise um to integrate within society business governance etc and I, I think this is just a start of the journey um there's a lot more that's obviously um uh that that, that we're working towards doing well done thank you Dilshad. dr uber what's your take please what how do you see the future of the program I think what um, uh, the council has uh, initiated is uh, extremely remarkable. Um, you know, the focus on uh, the, the 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 SMEs is is is, is a massive step, um, not least because um, one of the key challenges they have is uh, you know the, the, the resources um, to be part of this, and so by you know framing this um, largely but not exclusively to, to SMEs. The future is that collectively we'll have all businesses getting involved. If um, that's on one hand, if if COVID taught us one thing, it is uh, uh, the fact that you know not nothing can be taken for granted, and we have to be uh, prepared. This for small businesses is a high level. Um, I wouldn't say introduction, but this is a high level equipment um, um, in terms of resilience. Um, Resilience for 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 any business that participates. You know, obviously, resilience doesn't mean um, adverse things will not happen. It means that when they do happen, you will be better equipped. Yeah. So by you know partaking in this, small businesses will become you know a lot more resilient. We've talked a lot about the benefits in terms of the business case, the moral case, but resilience is a key thing, particularly. We live in, in 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 a world that is you know characterized by uncertainty and um, a 
I'm not sure what's going to happen in the next year, but the more businesses are prepared, ready for eventualities, the better that the, the will be in terms of their overall growth and sustainability. And this is a positive step um, along is. those lines from a technical point of view. Yeah. Well done. I think your your local area, um, especially with the, the likes of the university and Martin and his colleagues, it's in some ways it's in unique in, in comparison to other other areas. I don't just don't see this proactiveness perhaps to to the point with other areas. So I think that's going to be very beneficial to you all. Ebenezer, we're rapidly running running out of time. Wrap up for us, please. Yes, thanks, Max. Uh, I'd like to thank uh, everyone on the call for for attending um, our next. Uh, webinar will be on waste management so this will happen on the 5th of december and so we will send out uh of course uh the details um uh, and um I, I encourage everyone uh to help us as well to reach your suppliers other organizations that you partner with within your supply chain um that of, of course uh, uh you know will benefit from this support and if uh, uh, you know you, you can bring the information of this project to them, we would be very grateful. Together, we can do something uh, uh, progressive, and 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 we can really achieve the goals that we've set out in the Northampton Sustainability Accord. And, and so, this is our chance, and it's an opportunity. And I say we seize it. So, thank you so much for uh, attending, and uh, see you on the next webinar. Excellent. Ebenezer, thank you. Just to wrap up, um, I met a South African farmer a number of years ago. And uh, in, in Africa, there's always lots of changes, lots of uh, turbulence, whether it be political, whether it be weather. And the South African farmer said to me, never waste a crisis, make a plan. Um, if we look back at uh, Ebenezer's slide, especially that 2023 map, we're in a state of crisis, uh, but we can make a plan. Net zero makes business sense, and especially with these partners that you have available to you and that information. So please uh, join. Uh, look at all the, the websites that will be on these uh, social media posts on, on the recording to be to be involved. To be involved is going to be beneficial. Net zero makes business sense. Thank you, everyone. And we'll see you at the next broadcast with the rest of the team on the TANS webinar and broadcast. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you.